This episode of Bookmarked is brought to you by Audible.com. Start your free 30-day trial and get a free audiobook of your choice by visiting audibletrial.com slash bookstacked and support the show. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time. We can't go out there. We have to. There's no turning back. Chris, it is a pleasure to finally meet you. You saved a city. Help me save the world. You're listening to Bookmark, Young Adult Book Podcast, brought to you by Bookstacked.com. This is episode 13, and episode 13 is all about Star Trek. Uh, I mean Allegiant. We've got all that and more coming up in just a few minutes, so stay with us. This is episode 13. So we, in between the last episode and this episode, we have reached a year of podcasting, officially. Because I know we talked about kind of like being at a year on episode 10, but we still had a couple months. But we have now officially crossed over, which is crazy. I, I mean, we began the podcast talking about Divergent, I'm pretty sure. Like, I think our second episode was the Insurgent <laughs> movie review. And now here we are, full circle, ready to talk about Allegiant after a year of scratching our heads, I guess, to put it, to put it nicely about the, this movie and Descendant. Um, anyway, so that's what this episode is going to be about. Um, we're talking about Allegiant, and I guess I should go ahead and say, if it's not already obvious, there's going to be spoilers in this episode. Movie spoilers and almost surely book spoilers as well. So if you don't know, if you don't want this spoiled for you, then don't listen to this episode. Come back after you've seen the movie or after you've seen the movie. Yeah. There are apparently still people out there who are not aware of the ending to <laughs> Allegiant, as we learned um, a couple of days ago. That was my bad. <laughs> I just assumed we'd all, die, like, you know... At this no, point in I time. Good. I would have assumed the same thing. So what ended up happening was we were talking about Allegiant in sort of like our team chat thing. And uh, one of the writers uh, for Bookstacked, Amika, I think. I, don't, I hope I said that name right. Anyway, um, she apparently didn't know about the very ending of Allegiant. So <laughs> she just texts back like, what? <laughs> yeah, she had, I mean, she'd get... 
It was like she she had been somehow she managed to be spoiler free for like well, like two years. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how. Because I don't know how you do that. Yeah. So anyway, just in case any of our listeners happen to be in that camp, just be aware there are going to be spoilers. So you you have been warned. Um, I guess before we move on, let's just quickly uh, introduce everybody. I'm Saul from Bookstacked.com, and we also have Addie. Hi guys. And Christy. Hey guys. And we've all seen the movie. We're gonna get to the movie in just a second. Um, first thing is last podcast episode we talked about doing a Red Queen episode. It just didn't end up happening, unfortunately. Uh, but I did want to ask Christy, just like really quickly, what did you think about the glass sword? It wasn't as good as the first book. Like, it felt a lot slower. And I just honestly didn't like Mare in the book as much as I liked her in the beginning, or in the first book. So, I mean, it was good, but I don't know. I felt favorite, you know? No, I felt the exact same way. It was kind of, like, very... I don't know, boring. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just to be honest, I was kind of bored. Yeah. And I don't even remember the ending now that I think about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's not a good thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> there's our glass sword summary. That, that'll... <laughs> That's that's in place of the episode. Um, I don't know. It's we'll see. Uh, some days I'm like Veronica Roth is still like a new writer. Um, I mean, I think that's her first book she ever wrote, right? Well, Veronica Roth wrote *Divergent*. Oh, sorry, Veronica Roth. Oh, I, I always do this. Victoria Aveyard. Because <laughs> their names begin with V, and then oh, this is yeah. Victoria Aveyard. This is like her first book, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, like, sometimes I feel like that kind of shows, um, but whatever. I'll still read the rest, and we'll see what happens. I think the movie sounds like it's pretty much set in stone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it could very well be, like, the next big thing. I guess we'll see. Um, other than that, uh, moving on to our sort of new tradition with the show, uh, what are you reading? Uh, kind of start off with the show talking about that. I have to confess, I am still reading the same books that I was reading last month. Um, <laughs> but I added a third book to my list. So I'm reading three books right now. And that's uh, The Last Mistborn Book by Brandon Sanderson. And then I'm reading Beyond the Red by Ava J. And now I'm reading Red Rising by uh, Pierce Brown. So I don't know why I do that to myself. <laughs> Life Hope- gets in the way. Yeah, I know. Hopefully I'll get through them before uh, before the next episode. So, we'll <laughs> What about you guys? What are you reading? Um, I'm re- <laughs> reading Allegiant. Okay. I had to make sure. I, I began rereading it like on Wednesday to sort of prepare myself for the movie. And I was still confused. <laughs> about what happened in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> so, uh, my point is, I'm rereading Allegiant. How far into Allegiant did you get before you saw the movie? About halfway. Okay. 
I figured it'd be it'd be a good um enough uh, spot to stop because you know since the film is uh, split into two, or the book will be split into two films, so I figured somewhere halfway the book would be a good um place to stop, but <laughs> I'm still confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the split was interesting. We'll talk about that in a second, but yeah, uh, Christy, what about you? Um, I just finished A Gathering of Shadows, and, yeah, I haven't started anything else, but I really like that one, so. Who wrote that one? Um, I don't know how to say her name. It's, Uh like, Victoria Suave or something. Oh, is she, uh, she wrote Darker Shade of Magic (laughs) and Victoria, or Vicious, Victorious? I don't remember. I read the one with the V. Yes. And I haven't read Darker Shade of Magic yet, but I hear it's amazing. Yes. Okay, I'll take your word for it. It's on my it's on my list of things I need to read. So I really liked the the one book that I read of hers, which I can't remember what it's called, Victorious or something. But it was about like superheroes. Did you read that one? No. This this these were like this is like my first series I've read from her. Okay. So I need to check it out though. Yeah, I, I remember being really impressed. Like, I like that one a lot. I just read it uh, last year, so it wasn't even that long ago. Well, all right, then. Um, we're going to go ahead and dive into our Allegiant movie review or discussion. Um, Michael also wanted to be part of this podcast, but he couldn't be. But he did write us some of his thoughts to read on the show. So I've just kind of split them into three, and we'll just read them kind of like as we get into uh, as we reach those points in our discussion. So let's start off um, with everybody's sort of overall thoughts on the movie. Um, you know, just very general basic thoughts. So Addie, why don't we start with you? What did you think? I honestly still don't know how I feel about this movie. I mean, I, I mean, after seeing the trailers, I was just like, okay, I'm not going to go with it any expectations. But I, I just don't know how to feel about the movie. Like, I wrote in my review that, you know, as a fan of the book, it's a horrible adaptation. But as a movie fan, it's an okay movie. It's not the best movie I've seen as a movie fan, but it's an okay movie. Like, you know, if it was on TV, I'd watch it because I have nothing else to do. But I'm, like, really on the fence about this movie. Okay. Fair analysis. <laughs> um, Christy, what about you? <laughs> I feel pretty much the same way. Like, I went in with no expectations at all. So I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was. But it just kind of reminded me, like, we've seen this before. Like, there wasn't anything unique about it, like, that make the books unique it wasn't on screen. Like, it felt like I was watching another version of The Scorch Trials or something. (laughs) So, um, I, like, I just was really, like, okay, it's an okay movie, you know? So, yeah. All right. Well, I know exactly how I feel about this movie. (laughs) 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 And I went in with expectations. Very low expectations. And my low expectations weren't met. <laughs> and so, like, I, I did not like this movie. It was, uh, 
No. <laughs> I was really bothered. And there were moments where I thought, like, okay, it, it might work. Like, this might work. And then, like, weird things would happen, which we can get more into later. Um, but, yeah, I just have to be honest. I I couldn't find anything that I really liked about the movie. Um, and the next point of discussion is what was good about the movie. And I'm just going to go ahead and say I can't think of anything that I really liked about the movie. Like, I... <laughs> I'm not trying to hate or anything, and I don't want to, like... Especially, like, I I know, like, how frustrating it is when you like something and then somebody else doesn't like it, and they try to, like, make you feel bad for not liking it. I <laughs> I don't want to do that at all, right? So, like, if you like it, it's totally okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with liking this movie. But me, personally, I I didn't like it, so... It's a, it's a hard pill to swallow, I guess. Yeah, it was just... I don't know. You guys um, are going to laugh. But I was literally in the movie theater taking notes on my iPod. I'm not, not even kidding. On your iPod? <laughs> yeah, I took so many notes. I'm like, I have to take notes so I remember what I'm going to write on my review. Because I was like, I'm sure I'm going to walk out going, what the hell just happened? And I won't remember anything. <laughs> oh, man. I seriously took notes in the theater. I was just like, What? And it did help me with my review. I wanted to ask, though, um, which we've kind of done for all of our reviews lately, uh, but, you know, considering that this is the most controversial book in the trilogy, did you guys like the book? Because I feel like that plays a, a, a factor into into the movie. I liked the book. I, mean, I did. Yeah. It's been a long time since I read it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I remember liking the second half of the book more than the first. I felt like the first part was a bit slow, but of course, you know, it was the build-up to the ending of the book, so. Yeah, I think I was, like, I was okay with the book. I wasn't, it wasn't my favorite thing in the world. I was kind of disappointed, I remember, but I was okay with it. In my opinion, the best part of the book was the death. <laughs> Which, like, I think is what made a lot of people hate it. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I, I liked that part. I liked that character arc. But anyway, that's not even in this movie. So Not yet, anyway. It's in the next yeah, one. Not, yeah, well, not yet. It should be in the next one. Right. Um, and then Michael left his overall thoughts on the movie. Um, who can talk in a Scottish accent? Not me. <laughs> I can say, like, three words with a Scottish accent, and it's not any of those. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. Overall, I left the theater. That's like Irish. <laughs> I can't do it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we tried, Michael. <laughs> no, I'll just read it in my regular voice. <laughs> um. Okay, he says... Overall, I left the theater feeling so underwhelmed, didn't go into it expecting great things, so wasn't really surprised or let down by it, just slightly disappointed that they didn't redeem themselves from Insurgent. But then he adds, still planning to go see Ascendant, of course. So I think yeah. Michael was a little disappointed as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I also sort of wrote the same thing in my review, you know, that I wasn't surprised... That I was disappointed by the fact that they missed out. They took out so much of the book, but I wasn't surprised about the differences. 
You know, there's still, like, that little tiny bit of hope. You know, that maybe they just might slip something in and it might redeem the movie just a little bit. Yeah. But no. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the, the good in the movie. And like I said, I, I didn't, me personally, I didn't really see much. Like, there were moments where I did feel like maybe, like, it was mostly in the beginning where I felt like, oh, maybe this could, like, go well. And then it just, like, didn't, I don't know. But um, what did you guys, was there anything, like, good that stuck out to you guys? The acting. Yeah. Okay. The acting and the writing for me, that was, uh... Like, since that was the like the like uh the least worst part of the film for me, like the art, the acting was the best. That's kind of what I wrote my review on. How uh, like certain characters, like um Octavia Spencer, who plays Joanna, the Amity leader. Um, I really liked her. I kind of wish we'd seen more of her in the film. Yeah, the acting. I thought um, Miles Teller, of course, did a good job as Peter. And Theo and Shay were great, too. I actually really liked, like, the action scenes they added with Four and, like, when he was locked up, when he went back to Chicago. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, I, I thought those, those, scenes, those fight scenes were pretty cool. Yeah. I have to admit. I also have to admit that I love the fact of how Ansel Elgort plays Caleb just showed how useless he is and just like how like people like <laughs> like uncomfortable and squirming like the entire time. Yeah. Like I, I I don't know why. I mean, it might sound mean or sadistic or I don't know, not normal, but I totally <laughs> enjoyed watching him like squirm. <laughs> well, now that you guys bring it up, okay, now I'm thinking there was a really good action scene with four. <laughs> So when he goes Chuck Norris on everyone, <laughs> I mean that was pretty legit. Okay, I forgot. Like, that, that is a good part. And then the other one you guys mentioned that I would agree with, except there was one thing that really, a couple things really bothered me about him. But for the most part, Miles Teller, I liked Miles Teller in this movie. Um, Peter was funny in this movie. Was was that? Did you guys get that vibe as well? Yeah, I did. I. I thought he was funny in the last two films. I felt like in this in this film, it, I don't know. I feel like they were trying to force something onto Peter. Like I don't, I can't pinpoint it. I mean, yeah, he did have like two or three like funny one-liners in this film, but they just seemed like a really like jerk move or like it like it was placed for me. It was it sounded like it was placed in the wrong time, and I just it just felt weird. Like for a lot of miles, I mean. He, I, he, I thought he did great in that scene with Evelyn in the lab and the serum. But then when he's just, like, out like out in, like, the middle of nowhere shouting at, like, the void, I'm just like, really? Yeah, that's what I didn't like, yeah. Yeah, I agree about that. that that's what I said, like, like generally I was, I was, he was pretty good and he was funny, but that point where he's sitting there, like, open the door, like, acting like a little kid, really. I felt like it, they switched him around from being like, you know, you know the Peter we love to hate or hate to love, and then they moved, they made like transitioned him to some kind of jerk, who's sort of going to betray them but not really, and then you know he betrays them, and then he, he becomes a coward and like he's like this is what happens when I do this, and I feel like they place him all over like the spectrum. I thought mm-hmm. that he was just like a bit everywhere. Yeah. 
Which is interesting when we know how his character ends up at the end of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Which you don't really see that evolution come into play at all in this movie, except for maybe, like, no, I don't think you really do see that evolution at all in this movie. Obviously, there's still a second movie, so I would imagine that we kind of, kind of, we kind of get to that point um, in Ascendant, but yeah, that's definitely yeah. interesting. The- yeah, I thought I thought they were going to get to that point when you know he shoots Evelyn, and he's just like, I was like, is this where he's gonna say, you know, why he wants this to happen? But like to redeem himself, but, but I didn't. I was like, oh no. It's not happening in this one. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I think generally, though, I was okay with him if I had to point, if I had to pick someone. I think the audience, in my audience at least, they liked him the most out of everyone because they were just kind of laughing. But there, a lot of, like, the little one-liners, too, were, like, connected to these really strange scenes. Like, the funniest line, I think, um, for me that came from him was after they take their decontamination showers and he comes out and he's like, that was the most awkward shower I've ever been in. Like, you know, yeah. like the thing was that was really awkward. Like that scene was so weird. I don't know. It was weird to me. I think like everybody in my theater was weirded out. And so then he just spoke everybody's mind. And so I don't know. It was funny because of that. But then at the same time, it was kind of like, I don't know if it's, very good that that had to happen in the first place, like, that we had to go through this awkward moment. I don't know. So Yeah, I mean, I think for, like, that that, mo- that, that those shower scenes, everybody was like, the hell is happening? Like, <laughs> I think there was, like, that complete silence of, like, shock as to we were all trying to comprehend what was going on. Yeah, that's how it was in my theater, too. <laughs> well, you know what makes it weird is Matthew. He's, yes. He's sitting there like oh my God. he's straight up watching her. That's I'm, I'm, I, I wrote um, Blue Flame and Shower from Trailer are now explained. Still a bit, no, not really, really weird and creepy, especially with the voice. Is he watching her through a camera? No, he totally is. And the other strange thing when you think about that is all the others are also going through a shower, and he's not, like, talking to them. He's specifically, yeah, like, chosen to like, watch why? Chris. Weird. Like, why isn't Chris freaking out? Like, it's not because you're diverging. It's like, why are you not freaking out about this? It's not normal. It's like, welcome to the bureau. Time to take your shower. Yeah, Big Brother's Don't worry, we'll watching be watching. Anyway, sorry. I'm probably kind of going a bit into the bad stuff of the movie. <laughs> anyway, so that was, like, funny, but I don't know if it was meant to be funny. It was just weird. Anyway. It was creepy. Yeah. It was really creepy. Was there anything else that stood out to you that you really liked? I liked uh, Matthew. Like, I, I didn't realize that was him, you know, until now you, that you mentioned it. Like, he was guiding Tris through the creepy shower scene. But creepiness aside, um, I thought uh, he, um, well, clearly he's going to become, you know, a more important character in the next film. And I do believe in the book he's just a scientist. And it seems like he's sort of like a scientist slash David's assistant in the film. And so, I mean, I, I like the fact, you know, he's like, you know, I'll go with you with four, and then, you know, he ends up saving four. Yeah, I like that, too. Yeah, he has a kind of important role in the book. Um, 
specifically like with Nita and stuff, but mm-hmm. that whole storyline was cut. Yeah. Uh, from the movie. <laughs> so uh I don't know, maybe we'll see more of it in Ascendant, but yeah. Yeah. I was wondering about that. I'm just like, wait. I was waiting for it to happen. And then and, yeah. Yeah. And you you brought up uh Nita and normally it would tick me off. You know, when they introduce like non essential love triangles mm-hmm. into a movie. But I'm like, this had to happen. You guys did not put it in. Mm-hmm. Like Nita showed like maybe maybe it's going to become more evident in Ascendant, but I'm like, Nita's supposed to try to make Tris a bit jealous, and it's not happening. What's going on? Like, yeah. that is part of, that is actually written into the book. And it's kind of a big part of it. But it felt like, because that, that in the book, that is sort of what divides Tris and Four. But in the movie, they're making it seem like Triss is putting four aside for the council and David's plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, which was which was strange. Yeah. Um, anything else good before we move on to the things we didn't like? <laughs> the cinematography was good. I liked it. I mean, aside from the the, the weird stuff, we'll probably get into in a couple of minutes, but. I thought, um, yeah, even though, you know, the, like 90% of them are, you know, computer-generated images, um, I think they're pretty good. Well, like the opening shot of Chicago and the forest. And then Mars. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was, like, expecting Matt Damon to show up. And <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Michael, after some of his good points... Um, so I'll go ahead and read those. He says, acting was great. Octavia Spencer, Naomi Watts, and Miles Teller especially thought it was a pretty solid movie despite being a bad adaptation. The visual effects were really nice. So I think a lot of what you guys just said. Yeah. Um, so I feel like we should go on to the things we weren't so sure or happy about. <laughs> we kind of already have. It's kind of hard not to. I don't know. Yeah. I think Maybe it's kind of hard not me. to. Um, but, okay, was there anything that really stuck out to you that was just like, what the heck? The airport. Okay. I, I have, I mean, if you, I mean, if you read my review, it's kind of like, fun. I, well, in my mind, I wrote it to be kind of like comical because I was just, so I wouldn't, I, I try to make it funny so it wouldn't seem like I was just like completely like raining down on the movie. Mm-hmm. But I could not understand why, why the um the airport <laughs> does not look like an airport. It looks like like a like a like a, a dinosaur skeleton like standing up, like the rib cage of a skeleton of a dinosaur <laughs> standing up. <laughs> I could not understand why. And then like the spaceships look like bugs. I mean, I don't know if you guys like when Triss and Four and everybody else like they make it through like the um the barrier and they get rescued by the guard. I don't, I didn't catch their names. Um, and then there's like all these like, um, guards behind them and their masks look like beetle faces. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know if anybody else noticed that. The, but I'm like, why? I'm like, what is going on? I'm just... 
This movie just has me really confused. So, so basically the science fiction-y, futuristic stuff, it sounds like to me, was no, strange to you. No, like, I, I mean, because in the book, the airport is described as an airport. Like, yeah. I get that there are changes, but this just looked, half of the, like, the living quarters looked like the bunker in District 13 in, in Mockingjay. Yeah, it did. And then, <laughs> and then the other half just looked like I don't even know. It's just like it was just too. It was so weird because I, I, I mean, I do understand you know that there are you know, the future. The future, the world looks different. But I was just like, it's in the book. So, yeah, I guess there was. I did notice that there. Were, there was, like, one scene in particular. I think it's just Triss and Four, and they're together and talking. Um, if you pay attention, they're, like, in this sort of abandoned area of the airport, and it actually looks like an airport. It looks yeah, like a, a gate. Yeah, I was like, that's the only thing that looks like the airport. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, you see, like, the broken down, like, waiting room chairs, and I think there's, like, a super mega old sign, like, hanging from the ceiling or something. And, like, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it really kind of went into their whole design for, I think they were just trying to make it very, and this is like where those Star Trek comparisons come in, right? <laughs> they just tried to make it very futuristic. Because while it is in the future, I don't recall it being that crazy futuristic yeah. in the book. And I like think- things like the plasma globes... Those were weird. And I know you guys said that you liked the visual effects, but me personally, there were parts of the visual effects that I thought were really, really bad looking. The plasma globes was one of them. The other one is when uh, Triss is flying through that little thing. It looked weird, like, in some moments. Like, it looked... It didn't look complete to me. I don't know. It looked like a video game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, those plasma globes were just so weird. I'm like, they look like transparent, like, snake skin. Thank <laughs> I was like, but I mean, um, and that orange goop thing that falls on Tris when during the shower, I'm like, oh, yeah, that too. That was weird. <laughs> was something out of, like, Indiana Jones when they're melting or something, you know? That's what it looks like. But I mean, like, the, like, the flying disc scene with, like, Nita, and she's showing for how to use Those them. Those were cool. Yeah, those were cool. But I'm just like, the, the the egg scene, like the egg bubble plasma thing, and the shower thing is just, those effects were kind of unnecessary. Well, the weird thing, too, is like, it didn't, the plasma globes, in my mind, just, they don't even look cool. Like, it's not even a cool concept. It's like, I don't know why they went with that. It was just <laughs> weird. And... Another, like, really strange part, like, I felt like a lot of this movie was awkward and weird. And another, like, really strange moment is where Tris and uh, Christina are breaking into the bureau. And they, like, get this guy, one of the guards, and he's in the plasma globe, and he's just, like, floating. He's like, oh, hey, what's going on? Get me out of here. Yeah, I feel like they tried to make that, like, a comic scene. It wasn't. It was weird. Yeah. I mean, it was funny when when Christina and Tris went to go say four, because the guys were like, "Wait, what's going on?" And then the, that one guy's like, "He's like, nope, I'm done," and he runs out. Mm-hmm. Like that was a bit funny, but the guy just flew. I'm like, are they? I was kind of waiting for them to just like drop the guy floating in the plasma bubble. 
Yeah, everyone in my theater was laughing, but it was like a really awkward, like, what, what, laugh. Yeah. <laughs> a confused laugh. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the right type of laugh. It was just weird. So yeah, I'm going to be using that word a lot, weird. I already know I have used it a lot, but things like that were just weird to me. Yeah, I mean, I laughed at Caleb's scenes when he's just like... Not even knowing what what to do. Well, see, he's, Caleb. He's being useless. Caleb was another one of my issues with this. I know you guys said you liked it. I think Ansel Elgort is a pretty good actor. <laughs> um, and they made and I I can see why they did it. They made like all of Caleb's lines these really small like one liners. And what I think you mentioned it earlier, like what they were trying to do is they're trying to show how like useless he is and out of his element he is here. Um, but just, like, things like thanks for... I don't know. It came out really weird and awkward, and maybe I would have been okay with it, but Caleb is, while, like, a dupe, he's, like, really complex and interesting character, mm-hmm. in my mind. And you completely miss that in this movie. He was just very cardboard. Well, I think I, I think know. it sort of go like it starts show, the complexity starts showing more towards the end, you know, when he helps Tris find four. Mm-hmm. Like, because I mean, he did think, you know, at the beginning, he seriously did think, you know, four was gonna <laughs> kill him. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, I, I he still, I, mean, I think the way he he portrayed Caleb that way because I I feel like Caleb wasn't really sure if they were going to kill him at any given point in time, you know, like climb up the wall and, you know, push him off or something. But I I really did enjoy Caleb in this movie. Like, I wasn't frustrated by him. Like, I wasn't insurgent. But I did like him more in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I just, I just, like, I thought all of his lines were very awkward, too. And so I just felt, like, weirded out by them. I don't know, but... Was there anything else that kind of stuck out to you guys that you didn't like, or was just kind of like what? The 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 the, the, the landscape. I went. I, I I didn't write it. I didn't go so much into it. Well, I think I sort of went into it a little bit in my review. I think you included a picture of it in your review. Yeah. <laughs> well, not the picture I wanted, but it was just the the one I saw. Uh huh. Um, but it's like it's the wall, and then. It's a cliff face. Then they're in a quarry. Then it's a forest. Then it's Mars. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. And then you see like a, like so like later on you see an overhead shot of like the bureau and it's it's Mars forest the bureau. And I'm just like what? <laughs> and I'm like wait why if 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 the bureau can control everything why I'm like. Does that explain why the sky inside Chicago is blue and everything is normal, but outside it's all red? It like looks like they're in Mars. Maybe. Yeah, I was wondering the same. Yeah. I just could not grasp. I'm like, I could just not. I'm like, if there's radioactivity, because Caleb, I, I believe Caleb at the beginning says, you know, the water looks radioactive, and then Tris goes, who cares? You know, like, what's your point? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that sort of explains why it's red. But, like, if there's radioactivity, there shouldn't be a forest anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that just, that was one of the biggest, you know, things for me. I'm like, it's, well, cliff face, quarry, forest, Mars, forest, <laughs> the Bureau. 
That was just like my biggest thing. I'm like loopholes. I wonder what they were like trying to go for, like when they decided to do that. Like I don't know if they were just trying to do an apocalyptic world, but make it look a little different from what we usually see. Because I feel like usually when you're watching an apocalyptic or dystopian movie, like everything's very gray and stuff. Yeah, like grayish, maybe, brownish. Maybe they wanted to make this more vibrant and stand out a bit more. But it was just weird, and like everybody yes. said, it looked like Mars. It reminded me of Mad Max, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of which, that scene with Edgar, where <laughs> they're the walking oh. in the cabin, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, what's that noise?" And then all of a sudden, Edgar comes up in his giant like <laughs> nowhere, just like, oh, yeah. And then they made it slow mo, and he's just staring at them for a long time, like really long time. And that was another really weird, awkward part. Like every again, everybody in the theater was like, "Wait, what's going on?" Like it was so I weird. I just started laughing. I was like, "This is so ridiculous." I started laughing. Yeah, I think he was supposed to look cool and threatening, but that was that's what the reaction was. It was just like this awkward, nervous laugh. Yeah. And also, can I just say how Edgar was? A, I mean, I know he replaced Edward. Who was the tribute? Who was the tribute? Well, no, Edward's, Edward's in the first movie, isn't he? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, isn't he the one? Yeah, the yeah. So I was gonna say, in the book, Edward um, is the one who Peter stabs in the eye yes. with the butter knife, and then he becomes Evelyn's right hand man. Mm. But in the movie, he's replaced by Edgar. Oh, okay. And Edgar just seems a little bit too attached to Evelyn. I've had that feeling too. <laughs> like, he gets so like over emotional. When she asks about, you know, if Forrest is safe and about the loyalty, and he just kind of almost, like, loses it. I'm just like, that's... He's, like, jealous, which is weird, because that's, that's, that's her son. Yeah, I'm like, that, yeah. that's not right. That's... Which, like, no. which, that brings me to one of the things, which I think we talked about this in it when we did our Insurgent one, but, like, I'm still having a hard time picturing Naomi Watts as Theo James's mom. I know. Um, yeah. <laughs> or... I kind of got over it. I got over it in Insurgent. I was like, I guess it could be worse. Yeah. Christy, what were you saying? Or, like, Theo James came from both his dad and uh, Naomi Watts. I don't know that actor's name that plays his dad. Oh, yeah. No, I I think I tried to get over it, but... but um. It came back when, like you mentioned, when Edgar is basically he comes off as like jealous, like, and it's it's just weird. And there was another part too, where uh, it's in the beginning and she's talking to him and she's like, "I'm doing all this for you." It's just like a rom like a romance. It just it felt romantic and it, it was weird to me. And I know it wasn't, but like if somebody were just to walk into the movie not knowing anything at all. And that's what they, like, heard. I think they'd be a little freaked out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. But I have to say, like, I, I like the, the fact that, you know, we sort of see that Evelyn is a little bit, you know, that she you know, kind of is human. And although she has, like, a twisted reasoning for what she is doing, you know, we sort of see her more or less, like, slightly progress. You know, she's just, like, you know, at the trial, she's so, you know you know, gung-ho and set on, you know, this is what's going to happen. But then when the execution comes, she sort of has no idea what to do. And then the realization hits her that, you know, that after Joanna tells her, you know, that she's 
not being able to control the mob for too long. And then we see her kind of, you know, when four is like, I will remember you, mom. You know, she's sort of like, I kind of remember why she's a bit, you know, doing it. I like that, like that, um, like emotional, you know, uh, progression, if that's the right word. And we see her change from, you know, being, you know, so dead set that she doesn't really care, you know, if four doesn't agree with it or not. And then to the fact, you know, when she's all like, you know, we'll have, you know, insane repercussions. No, that's a good point. Because, like, for me, um, and, you know, I obviously I read a lot of young adult, like you guys probably do. I mean, we write for book stacked. Um, but, like, one of the things I that bothers me in a lot of YA is, like, I don't know, the male character, like, boyfriend character. They always just come off as flat. The one thing I've always really liked about Divergent is I don't feel that way about 4 at all. Like, 4 is actually very interesting and complex to me. Um, and part of that is his parents and their whole relationship and everything. And so, yeah, I think that was good. I liked. I think I like the way it's handled in the book better yeah. than the way it was handled in the movie. Because in the book, um, it's at the very end, and she basically has... She ba- she's basically reaches that point where she has to choose between four and, and the city. And um, I remember reading the book and I really, really liked that. I, I didn't quite have the same emotional weight to me as it did in the movie. But again, that was, I would agree though, that's like one of the higher points of the movie. Just sort of that moment. Another thing that bothered me was how, I mean, I don't know if it was meant to come across this way, but um, how they made Tris not stupid, but sort of like she just willingly oh. believed everything David yes. told her. Yes. Like, and he, because he was like, "Well, your mom did this," and your mom like, <clears throat> like they overplayed that the your uh you know Trish's mom's card on you know Trish is like, "Well, not, well, my, I trust my mom. I trust my mom." Like, yeah, but your mom was human too. You know, she wasn't perfect. And I feel like they just made her, you know, just you know, kind of, you know, she just. Uh, Trish just blindly like agreed with whatever David told her. Well, and then her mom's barely in the movie, really. Like she's in there for a scene, I think, when he when she like puts on those little things and she can like see her memory. Yeah, that bugged me too. That like, bothered me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Which basically replaces the journal or diary that's in the. Yeah, uh, it's like it's like book. a ta- like they gave her like a tablet in the book, and she's like, you know, you can sort of read it like a Kindle or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but this was she. Her mom's brought up just like in that scene, and then afterwards, I don't think she's even brought up again. Like mentioned, is no. she? No, it's just so, she like, you know, your mom, your mom, your mom. And that was one of the big things in the book because she's reading about her mom and she's reading about like the relationship her mom had with David, and kind of like how they were really close and stuff. And so she kind of comes to trust David through her mom. Like you said, that's how like that's one of the driving factors of her trust in the book. But that really wasn't there in the movie. Like they mention it, and you can see briefly that that her mom was friends with David, but it it doesn't hold like that weight. And so it's just weird. And then the moment too, where where um I forget the exact line, but she says something like, "Oh, David and I are working hard up here. Like we're working on something up here." But you never really actually see them working on anything. Yeah, it's, it's just, just she goes up the elevator. And then he's like, they speak like four lines, and then the scene changes. Yeah, they go back there maybe like three times, and each time it's just David explaining things. 
But Triss yeah. isn't actually doing anything, except standing still while he's, like, observing her a couple of times. So, like, yeah. what were they working on exactly? It sounds more to me like David was working on a presentation. Yeah. Yeah, and just sort of, like, trying to, like, get Triss to agree with whatever he was saying. Yeah, so I agree, because when that moment comes and she's having to choose between four, who she doesn't really have a reason to distrust, they have a small little argument about being pure and genet- and damaged, basically. And uh, and then, like, she has no reason to trust him. Yeah, it just felt flat, like... Yeah, because in, in the weird. book, in the book, I think, I believe that at this point in the book, they, uh, you know, they're, I think they've split because uh-huh. of the whole Nita, Triss, Four love triangle thing going on, but, you know, Four is still trying to, you know, looking out for Triss, and that's, and then that, that plays a big factor in her, you know, going. But it just seemed just totally weird in the in the film. And another thing that confused me was um, we see Natalie's uh, memory when Triss puts the tabs on her temple and she looks through her mom's memories. Like, who were they running from? Yeah. Well, it's like because it, we we see that the, the the soldiers from the bureau, you know, rescue them. But who's who are they running from? That's my question. Yeah, that that's a good me. that's a good point. Yeah, where does that fit into the whole which was this part was made up for the movie as well as far as I can remember. Um the whole bureau snatching children thing. Yes. Yes. Uh, I was like, yeah, wait. who were they running from? Because afterwards, when I thought back on it, I was like, oh, they must be running from the Bureau. But no, because you're right, because what happens is they're running from these people, and then the Bureau comes, and they take them. Yeah. Which I think is good. I think, well, I mean, I came to this conclusion last night. You know, okay, in Natalie's memories, we see the Bureau rescuing the people from the fringe, from an unknown, you know, attacking force. But then we see, you know, Four and uh, Christina with Nita you know, they're with the squad snatching the kids. I hope, you know, that in uh, maybe in Ascendant, it'll at least, you know, be acknowledged and, or, you know, given, like, a brief explanation as how they transition from, you know, saving people in the fringe to kidnapping the kids from the fringe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pro- I mean, I imagine that would be something that has to be explained because I don't think it ever was. No. Like, why are they doing it? It's It's weird. Like there, I'm using that word again. Sorry, I've used it so much. Um, we should have done like a contest when we're like, count how many times salsa is weird. What <laughs> a prize! Well, I'm looking at Michael's little paragraph here, and he uses weird a lot too. So, um, but yeah, I agree. The uh, yeah, that was. Yeah, I'm about to say it again. Um, awkward. Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Strange. It just, that wasn't in the book, and so why did they add that? It just, I don't get it. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, so. I know, I mean, for example, like, I know the fight scenes with Four, where he goes all Chuck Norris on all the guards, <laughs> despite the fact that he's injured. Um, it's like a substitution <laughs> for, you know, when he's, um, you know, he's arrested by the Bureau for that mini fail rebellion. But I mean, I get that, you know, like that, you know, that was a, you know, I was okay with that substitution. But I mean, if it's, I'm, I, I mean, I'm okay with, you know, scenes being added if it adds to the story and explains something. But not if it's going to leave the audience confused. Yeah. Like the council was like mentioned so many times. 
the council. Like, who, okay, who set up the council? Who put them in charge? Yeah, yeah that was another change. Because there is a council in the book. There yeah, is there one. Is. But it's not like... It's not like this... I don't think they ever go to them for funding. It's more like a council about what should we do in regards to Chicago. Like, this is our experiment, so how should we run it? Mm-hmm. Whereas in the movie, it was more like, this is David's experiment, and we're funding him. Yeah. Yeah. And then Providence, and, that was new as well. Like, that's not in the book. I was like, wait, they're going to Rhode Island? I was like... I'm like did they mention... Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. I, I want to say that they did, like, sort of very briefly mention it in the book. I am not exactly well, sure. Well, in the book, they talk about other settlements, and they name, like, a couple cities, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, But yeah, they don't ever yeah, go but to I them. Don't, yeah, cause, I mean, I could, because, and it sounds weird, because um, I think at a, at a point David contradicts himself, because he says, says that Chicago is, like, the only one that's left, but then he mentions there's, like, a couple of other settlements across. I mean, he says that Chicago is the only one left, and the rest of the world looks like Mars. But then that, um, there's like Chicago and like three or four other settlements across, you know, what used to be the U.S. Yeah. Um, maybe we should read what Michael had to say then. <laughs> I'll go ahead. And read it. Um, he says, I don't even know what it was trying to do as an adaptation. I don't really have any idea what the plot of Ascendant is going to be. It's been a while since I read the book, but I felt like a lot of the major action parts of the book were in this movie. The world that looked weird outside of Chicago. See, there he uses the word. Um, he says, the world looked weird outside of Chicago. The redness did never feel explained. I don't understand why O'Hare was some sort of space station. <laughs> The weird plasma globe things were just dot, 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 weird. I laughed way too much at the shower scene when they arrived at the bureau. Triss's facial expressions were unintentionally hilarious. It was just so awkward. I think that's like a summary of everything we've just said. Just and, and I think Michael, Michael could have done like a one-man show because I think he just completely covered all of our points. <laughs> Um, one thing he says in the very beginning that I wanted to ask you guys about, he says, uh, I don't really have any idea what the plot of Ascendant is going to be. So what did you guys think about this split? I'm having a hard time calling it a split, personally. Um, and what, what, how do you guys think Ascendant is going to play out? Honestly, I wouldn't call... I mean, it's... A, I, we're only calling it a split because they they dividing the last book into two films. But if I'm being completely honest, I would have been perfectly fine if the movie ended right where it did. I would have had no issues. Yeah. What about you, Christy? I don't know. It's been a while since I read the last book. So, I don't know how feel about them splitting it in two. I feel like they could have done it all in one movie because I feel like some parts were not needed that they added. But I don't know. I I agree with Michael. I have no idea how they're going. I mean, I would assume that they're they're going to basically just focus on, you know, David getting his revenge on Triss and because, you know, she destroyed the serum. 
being or the generator that was spreading the serum across Chicago. But because doesn't she have to go? I mean, so she's in Chicago, but she has to go back to the bureau for the rest of the book to happen. Yeah, look, I just thought this was very strange, like the way they chose to split this book. Um, and the reason I feel like I didn't even feel like it was really even a split is because they essentially gave us the entire plot of the last book in this movie. Um, but they took out a very large side plot, which is the rebellion yeah. against the Bureau. Yeah, um, I'm, guess, I'm guessing that's going to be the main focus. That's, of- that's my guess, because... In the book, they you know they leave, they get out, they get to the bureau. That was covered in the movie. Um, you have the allegiant and the factionless fighting against each other, and when they like come to a resolution, that is the climax of the book. That is the ending of the book, and that's included in this movie. So they basically included the entire book in this movie, but they keep out the whole part where the the rebellion's happening against the bureau, and part of that that's connected to that is Triss eventually has this plan to actually use the memory serum on the Bureau. Yeah. And so the the rebellion and the memory, this Triss using the memory serum, that stuff is left out. And um, my guess is that they're going to take those two, those two uh, storylines and turn that into a single storyline into the last movie. My guess is that it's going to be essentially Chicago because now they're united. That whole conflict of allegiant factionless thing, it, it doesn't really seem to be there anymore. Yeah. Right? That conflict was resolved, which is what's resolved at the end of the book. So that's over. I think what's going to happen now is Chicago is going to unite to kind of get revenge back on them. And I have a feeling part of that is going to have to do with you trying to use the memory serum on the Bureau, which eventually leads to Triss entering the vault where she dies. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's, it's an, I mean, well, with, I mean, and it'll be even more interesting to see how, you know, it pans out with the new director. Yeah. That too, yeah. So, I'm guessing, you know, they're going to, you know, use those, you know, the Rebellion storyline and somehow magically get Triss and... Warren and everybody else back into the bureau they broke out of um, <laughs> to try and you know you know you know essentially you know quite literally change the bureau's minds using the serum. Yeah, that's that's my guess because otherwise the entire book was it was honestly was covered like mm-hmm. the the main plot you know saving the city. That is covered in this movie, and the only thing that's not is is essentially the attack on the Bureau. So, that's my guess. And then it ended happen. with, like, David. Yes. <laughs> that fortress, and it was so weird. Weird. <laughs> so weird. Yes, when that happens, like, that's going on, and then... It's the pans over, and he's just staring at her. Yes. And then it just ends. <laughs> I was going to say that. That was, like, weird with all the capital letters. Like, <laughs> yeah. Everybody in the audience, like, again, this was, like, this awkward, strange, nervous <laughs> laugh thing. Everybody was weirded out by it. And, it, yeah. It was, uh, and it was kind of like a lackluster scene to end it on, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, 
like boom, pow. It was just kind of like, whoa, what, what? <laughs> That's creepy. Yeah. I I do agree with Chrissy that the David in the background was really creepy. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I don't... <laughs> Is there anything else to say about this movie? I think that's the... Can we come to that conclusion that it was weird? Yes. <laughs> we've left, you know, we've been confused. We were weirded out. Awkward laughs. laughs. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just... I'm trying to, you know, look at my review and see if I can bring up anything else. I feel like we brought up everything that you covered in your review, too, so... And I do apologize if there's some grammatical errors... I was I was at work writing this, <laughs> and um, I'm a nan- I'm a nanny on Friday nights, so and I have to care of three boys. So I was <laughs> writing this while I was taking care of them, and um, the internet was really slow, super slow. Uh, but um, yeah, I just you know you know I think I should you know you know we should say this you know if you hear our podcast. You know, she read the review. You know, this is just our opinions. Don't you know? Let them, you know, put you off from going to see the film. You know, this is just our our, our own thoughts. You know, if you agree, you know, you, should, you know, drop a comment or you know, on at the po- with the podcast or on Facebook or Twitter. But overall, I gave the movie a three point five. Out of five, I think, right? Out of five. Sounds about right for me. I think I would have given it like a two. <laughs> that's why. That's why too. I mean, and I acknowledge that I went into the movie kind of expecting it to be bad. Um, I think just I couldn't not expect it to be bad after the trailers and all the the split and everything. I don't know. And so anyway, that's why I asked: uh, Is there anybody else who wants to write the review? <laughs> On the stack, because I'm almost sure I'm gonna give it a bad review. So. I think for me, like the saving grace had to be the acting and the writing yeah. for the movie. Fun fact: I don't know if anybody else noticed, but one of the members of the council um, was actually a tribute in Catching Fire. I don't think I noticed that. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like 90% sure it was. Uh, the actress who plays Cedar, who I believe is the District 11 uh, Victor tribute in Catching Fire. I believe she was, it's that scene where, you know, where uh, Tris and David go to the council and she's sitting, like, to the far left, I believe. But, yeah. Like, I, 99. I wouldn't be able to tell you. Oh. Um, I believe. Raya. I was, like, I wanted more, like, I was curious why they didn't make, have him go with Tristan and Four to the Bureau. Like, I thought that was weird that they kind of cut it out. But I guess yeah, maybe because they had too big of a cast, so. Wait, why what? I didn't catch that. <clears throat> Uriah? Yeah. Why oh, Uriah. Tristan and Four to the Bureau. <laughs> yeah, because we know in the book Zeke stays. Mm-hmm. And Uriah goes. Yeah. With friend Tris and the rest. Yeah, so. that is that is a weird thing that they wouldn't put him in there. He's such a fan favorite too. Yeah, exactly. So like, what? I mean, but I mean, but after after you know how you know l- limited his screen time was on Insurgent, I wasn't just kind of 
I have to be honest, I wasn't expecting him, you know, to be, you know, featured a lot in the movie. I was like, oh, look, he is here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For, like, yeah. two scenes, but he's still here. I don't even know if he had a line in this movie. Like, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think, think he, he has, I think he has one when he tells, um, when he tells Joanna that um, Evelyn and the faction, and her, and her factionless group are, I think, you know, getting ready to attack the Allegiant, or I think it's when he tells, he, I think he tells her, you know, that they attacked all these people who were unarmed, and then John goes, we're taking the fight to Evelyn now. But I think that... Mm. Yeah. But that's yeah. about it. I mean, this maybe that was a good change, though, because, like, he's a fan favorite, and he not very good things happen to him while he's at the Bureau. Yeah, that's so. true. That might be something that people would like, but again, that could be something that comes up in Ascendant. Yeah. Which, I mean, and the fact that Uriah stayed back in Chicago makes me, you know, believe that they're not, that the scene with the explosion in the Bureau might not happen. Just because, well, I was kind of thinking that too, just in the sense that um, if Uriah was, I just lost my train of thought. What am I saying? Okay, the fact that Uriah is barely in these movies at all, like, if he dies in the mo- the last one, will anybody care? I know, yeah, that's probably not. Like, as moviegoers, probably not. Yeah, so. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he might, you know, es- you know, go back to the Bureau with Tristan 4 and, you know, maybe have a bigger role, but... Just like uh, yeah. Tori's death... <laughs> In yeah, I was like, wait. I was like, wait. Didn't she die? And then I'm like, oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, I mean, apart from like scaling the wall, that's essentially how it happens in the book. She almost makes it and she dies. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think we should wrap up our discussion there. I think we've gone now for about an hour. <laughs> um, and we're probably just going to keep talking about how strange the movie was if we keep going anyway. But like Addie said, like what I was trying to say earlier, if you liked the movie, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it kind of comes down to everybody's taste in the end. And uh, if we have a listener who really liked it or something, you know, like Addie said, message us. Let us know. Um, we can share your thought on the next episode or something so we have a bit more varying opinions on the movie. Um, and also just... Feel free to get in touch with us. Uh, you can follow us online or on Twitter um, at Bookstacked. Um, there you'll be following the website and everything, and that's where we kind of put out information on the podcast as well. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, and then, of course, there is Bookstacked.com, which is our main uh, website. You can go there. You'll find Addie's review. Um, you'll find questions that we wanted answered in Allegiant, which uh, I know Christy and I contributed to. Um, I think we got some of those questions kind of addressed in the movie. I think mainly like white. No, no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, I have a list. It's uh, 26 book to movie changes um, between Allegiant, uh, the book, okay. and the movie. Yeah which I was up till 2 a.m. reading, so if you're listening, please go read it, because it's not there for nothing. <laughs> I have to be honest, I did. I used your uh, the 26 uh, Changes article to help me with my movie review. I'm like, I need to make sure that I'm not, you know, making things up. 
Yeah. I was going, be- I was going between the book, my- the book, my notes, and your article. <laughs> I think I no, even it. then, even then, I had to. Uh, yeah, I think you did. Um, even then, I, I was like mostly. I was like, did the bureau was the bureau stealing people in the book? And I even messaged Michael. It was like two a.m., but it wasn't two a.m. where he's at. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, do you remember this? And she was like, I don't think that was in the book. So I kept it in there. If I'm wrong, let me know. But I mean, I went in and looked up a bunch of different summaries and synopsises, like very detailed chapter by chapter um, uh, summaries of the book, and I'm pretty sure that is not in the book. So. Anyway, all of that stuff is up on bookstacks.com. You can go check it out. Um, we got out a nice little bit of uh, divergent content. We even have a couple divergent quizzes that we wrote up a while back. Um, I think, like, the one on the, the world quiz about, like, the world, yeah. like, half of the Bookstack team ended up taking and tweeting about it. And it was just kind of funny to see everybody's results. Oh, the, the erudite one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I always, I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm a smart mouth. What did you guys get? <laughs> I got I a five remember. out of ten. Okay. Four out of ten. Oh, four out of ten was the yeah. one where it was bad. Like, I remember, I must have been really sassy when I wrote that quiz. <laughs> <laughs> because those replies are hilarious. <laughs> and, well, like in the old version, because I had to migrate that when we rebuilt the website recently. But um, in the old version, there was a reply for every single question. So, like, if you got the question right or wrong, it would tell you, like, it, there was even more there. But now with this new system, we can only do, like, a results uh, at the very end. Anyway, I think four and less is, like, factionless. Yes, you did that bad or something, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I got, like, eight. I think it's out of ten, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got eight out of ten, and it said... Uh, you did decent, but decent isn't good enough for erudite. (laughs) (laughs) Like, jeez. I can't remember my reply, but it was funny. I started started laughing. I need to, like, go back and add pictures of Janine in there. (laughs) Like, staring at you. Alright. Alright, well, we're gonna end it there. Um, Allegiant is over but Divergent is not I'm sure we have many more episodes still to talk about Ascendant um (laughs) so stay tuned for that and uh (laughs) thank you for being with us here today again let us know what you thought about the movie message us um through the website or through Twitter or whatever and we will catch you guys next month thanks bye bye bye